0: Welcome friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you.
1: Just as Pastor Rick and Pastor Jen said, the whole theme for this year has been that this is a place amazing happens. And uh, and they asked me today to talk about a place of new beginnings. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're actually in the 12 days of Christmas now, right? You guys with me? Like Christmas didn't just happen on the 25th and we're done. We're celebrating all that Jesus has done over the 12 days of Christmas. And so, thinking about Jesus coming to earth, it was all about new beginnings. And really, that was amazing that God would leave heaven to come to earth to live just like we did to give us all new beginnings, Right? You guys with me? Okay, we'll take a break. Time out. Let's tell our faces what we're believing today. Okay, if we believe that Jesus, you know, gives us new belie- new beginnings, let's let's smile a little bit. Okay, tell your face what you're experiencing. Okay, time back in. Here we go. Okay, we're good. All right, but new beginnings, and and that's our hope, right? That this life isn't all that we get to experience. It's not what we hope for, right? And in, in fact, uh, our, our key verse today is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. But it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Okay, come on. Y'all are killing me this morning. Come on now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Amen. There you guys go. Now you're with me. All right. And that's our hope in Christ, right, that that we do get a new start. We get a fresh start, right? Because I don't know about you guys, I mess up a lot. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I mess up, I make, I make a hash out of so many things, right. and I, I'm always looking forward to the next start. Now, did any of you make any, any New Year's resolutions in 2019? Anybody? All right, I, I made a lot, and I'm just going to be real, I failed at all of them, all Right, As you can tell, I didn't lose the 20 pounds I was trying to lose, all Right, I didn't bulk up like I wanted to bulk up. Right? And so, thank God, we get a new beginning again, right? And so, just as Pastor Rick and Pastor Gene, if we look back, we can thank God for all that God's done, because God hasn't failed us, right? You know, when God makes his list, he's going to fulfill all of them. He's not like us when we make our, our New Year's resolutions and we fail them. But looking forward to 2019, it's a chance of a new beginning. And I, I heard Charles say it today, it's not just we're ending a year, we're ending a decade, man. Have y'all thought about that? Like, this is the end of the 19s. We're about to go into the 20s. And so, so I mean, it's a, a great new fresh start. And so I wanted to, to, to go along the lines of new beginnings today and think about what does that mean? And so if you want to take notes, and I hope you do because you get an extra crown in your, uh, an extra jewel in your crown in heaven, right? If you want to take notes, the first, the first thing to remember in new beginnings is the gospel means change, The gospel means change. And this is huge for us as Christians, right? Because Christianity is different than any other religion in the world. It's totally different from every other religion. Every other religion tells you to conform, whereas the gospel says you'll change. We just read it, right? God makes all things new. He doesn't just take the old and make do with what's there. He makes all things new again. Every other religion just says conform. Like, you are who you are, dress this way, don't dress that way. Say this, don't say that. Pray this many times a day, don't do that. Eat this, don't eat that. Whereas Christianity is all about God transforming us from the inside out. Are you guys with me? Have you heard this before? Like Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, you know, by the renewing, by the transformation of our minds, Right? We're going to be made new. So the gospel means change. Uh, We see it, in fact, in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And this is the story of Nicodemus. If you've grown up in church, if you've ever been in church before, you've probably heard this story before. In fact, Nicodemus is a religious man. He's taken the whole conforming thing where religions, you know, he takes all the laws of religion. And so when he's coming to Jesus, Jesus could probably look and say, that's a religious man, right? Have you, can you, you guys ever met somebody, you can just look at them and say, hey, they're religious. Right? They got the religious garb on. They're doing the right things, right? You guys know what I'm saying? Whereas Christianity, many times it's actually easy to miss Christians walking around, right? Because as, as you guys are on vacation in Rome this week, you may pass Christians and they just look like the next person because they don't have the outside, you know, certain clothes they're supposed to wear. But Nicodemus, you couldn't miss him. He's got his tassels on, he's got his prayer things on, and he comes up to Jesus, and he he says, um, he comes in the evening, and he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God. Now, Nicodemus, he refers to Jesus as a good teacher, and he says, we know that you're a good teacher that comes from God. Now, this is the problem with religion so many times. Religion just wants to teach you a whole bunch of knowledge. Religion wants to teach you... um, um, a bunch of rules and regulations, right? Where God, He didn't come for that. God came for relationship, right? the The, the second part of Second Corinthians five seventeen says He reconciled Himself to us, and He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. So, just as Nicodemus was saying, I, I'm just coming for the knowledge, but the knowledge it's not working. There's got to be something more. And He says, For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And he goes on. And Jesus replies, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. There's got to be a change. There's got to be a new beginning, right? Which leads to the question, well, how how can that happen? How can someone be born when they're old, right? Nicodemus is an old man. He's like, surely they can't go back into their mother's womb for a second time because that's the age-old problem with religion, Religion is all about us doing it ourselves. If we work hard, if we, we look a certain way, we say the right words, we can, we can work our way into salvation. And Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Now, in my Bible, if, if I were to turn there, water and spirit's underlined. I encourage you guys to underline those two. Jesus said it on purpose. Water is, is an example of repentance. Right. You've come to Jesus, you've given your life to Jesus, you've repented of your sin, and you follow Jesus in water baptism. right? And Jesus, all oh, he doesn't leave out the spiritual aspect, but you have to also be born of the Spirit as well. Because the Spirit gives you new birth, it gives you a new beginning. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. And so... Yes, it gives birth to the Spirit. And so we have to have a new beginning, and that's what all the gospel is all about. The gospel is all about change. And he said, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And so give Jesus your life. Be born again. Don't don't try and conform. Don't make it a, a, a matter of works, but let God change us from the inside out. Secondly, when we think about new beginnings, is that God loves us as we are, but He loves us too much to leave us that way. And this is the problem with religion versus relationship. God loves us just the way we are, but He loves us too much to leave us that way. And this is the age-old problem of grace and truth. And I'm, I'm, you guys have probably all heard this before. Have you, have you ever seen anyone that's just way too much grace? It's like nothing's too bad. Nothing's too sinful. It's like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. We just dismiss everything. You've probably seen people that are all truth. Right? Truth. Everybody's going to hell. That's a sin. 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 Right? It's an age old problem of do we walk in grace or do we walk in truth? And God does both. We see his grace and that he loves us, but we also see the truth that he calls us out of our sin. That he, he doesn't want us to live in it. We see it in John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We see God's love and truth in the same time, the same manner, all working together in Jesus Christ. So Big concept, how do we, how do we put it in, in, in good sound bites that we can remember? I like to think about it this way, that grace attracts and the truth unravels. So grace attracts people, right? In fact, all throughout Scripture, people are coming to Jesus, just like we saw Nicodemus. They're coming to Jesus, and Jesus loves them, but then he gives them the truth, and he helps them unravel the sin and their problems in their life. Another way we can say it is that grace invites us to be free but truth sets us free, right? People see something different about you, and they're like, man, I want to know what's different about you. I want to know what's different about you. And then you get to share the gospel with them. Grace attracts, but truth sets us free. And this leads us to number three, that if I'm not changing, I might not really know God. Think about that for a minute. If it's a time of new beginnings, and our Christian walk is, a, is a, a, an entirety of new beginnings, if I'm not changing, I might not really know God. That's pretty, that's pretty hard. That's pretty tough. If I'm not changing, I might not really know God. If you've been a Christian believer for 30 years, and you still have the same problems you did 30 years ago, there's a problem. If we're still dealing with the same sin we were dealing with, at the beginning of 2019, there's a problem. Right? We see it in First John, and this is this is an age old problem in the church in Christian walk. We see it in First John chapter one, six through seven. This is the Apostle John, he's dealing with this same problem. And he's actually writing to the church. So if we claim to have fellowship, if we as the church, if we as individuals have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie. And do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son purifies us from all sin. So if we really have a relationship with Jesus, things are going to change. There's going to be purification happen. We're not always going to be the same over and over again. Are you guys with me? I know this is tough, but stay with me. right? right, If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, right? No, we, we all deal with sin, right? I still deal with sin, right? But the problem is if, if we're just living, if we're just writing that off. Well, that's okay. Everybody messes up. No. We have to return back to Jesus, and we have to confess our sins. We see it there in verse number 9. You know, we can't just dis- dismiss our sins and say it's okay. We have to confess our sins. And this is awesome, It's not that we have to, it's it's not on us. We confess our sin, and he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us all of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now notice there, there's no religion. There wasn't a three-step process of do these three things and you're good, pray this many times, go here, go there, wear this, have this special haircut. It said, confess your sins. Make him Lord and Savior. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word isn't in us. It's pretty tough. So we have to ask ourselves, are we changing? Are we the same? Because if we're not changing, I might not really know God. We see it again in 1 John chapter 2. So it wasn't enough in, in the first chapter. John, he comes back to it in chapter 2. He says, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So there, has, there is a, there's a natural changing when we get a new beginning. Right, when I made my goal in 2019... To lose weight, I actually did put some put some uh, action to it. I, I made some. I was trying to start a diet. I was going to the gym. I was going to the park and running. Right, right. The problem is I didn't. I didn't make the necessary structural changes in my life. You guys with me? Anybody ever been there? Right? The problem is I didn't get all the junk food out of my life. Right. There were still Reese cups. Right. There was still cinnamon toast crunch. Right? There was all, I mean, there was tiramisu, all my Italians, right? right? I left all that in the cupboard, and I just tried to dismiss it. And I was like, you know what? I'm strong. I can deal with it. I won't go to the cupboard, right? right? And so so many times we do that ourselves. We try to just leave the sin there and dismiss it and not confess it to God. Right? I should have confessed my sin to my wife and be like, Beg it, baby, you've got to take out the Reese's and the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Right? And she could have helped me. But if, I'm, if I wasn't really changing, right, then nothing was really going to happen. We see it for the last time in First John chapter 5, verse number 3. In fact, this is love for God. This is a biggie. If we love God, right, to keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So if we really love God, in, in everyday language, right, if we really love God, we're just going to do what he wants us to do. Right? And it's not burdensome. The difference between that and religion, religion, it gets burdensome, right? It gets really heavy, right? It actually sucks all the joy out of life. It makes it boring, and it's bad, and I'll just be real with you. We've all probably been in a church service that's been very legalistic. We've probably been a part of Christian communities that have been very legalistic. The commands became burdensome. It wasn't filled with joy and peace and love. It was legalism, and it was heavy, and it was weighty, and nobody enjoyed it, right? But in fact, the, the love of God leads us to keep his commandments, and it's not burdensome. It's, it's, we, we really want to fulfill God's commandments in our life. Okay, so that's the three facts of change, right? If I'm not changing, I might not really know God, right? Number one, the gospel leads to change, And God loves us so much that he won't allow us to to stay the same. So how can we do this? How can we allow God to transform us? How can we allow God to change us? Number one, three ways we can let God transform us. Get past who we were and focus on who God wants us to become. As a pastor, most of the time in my counseling sessions, this is number one. People, they want to go back and they want to rehash everything that happened in the past. Things they can never change, right? We have to let go of who we were and focus on who God wants us to be. The past is the past. We can only address the the future. We see it in Romans chapter 1. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. This is the same Paul who used to be Saul who was searching for the Christians so he could lead the executions, right? Right? When Stephen was stoned in the book of Acts, they put their jackets at Paul's feet. What would have happened? We we might not have had two-thirds of the New Testament if Paul had focused on his past all the time. you guys with me? Think about Moses. Moses was a stutterer. He was a murderer, Right? He goes out into the, into the desert. His life is shambles. And God takes Moses and he transforms him into be an incredible leader, right? He leads the Israelites out of Egypt. Right? He writes a, a good portion of the Old Testament. What would have happened if Moses had focused on his past the whole time? Now, I, I should have put this on there. I didn't. Moses tried to, right? When he's on, when he's on the mount and he's in the burning bush experience... He keeps bringing his past up to God, but God, I'm a stutterer, but God, this, and they're not going to follow me, in this, and this, and God keeps saying, no, Moses, no, I see where you're going to go, and I see what you're going to do, and I know what you're going to do, so we have to let go of our past and, and focus on what God wants us to become. Colossians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, you used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Right? You got to get rid of the past and you got to focus on where God wants to take you. You used to do those things. Don't, Don't go back to it and just dwell on it. Focus on where God wants you to go. Number two, taking notes. Give God permission to change everything. This is a biggie. Give God permission to change everything. Now, as humans, we don't like this. Right? We like to keep control. Right? Um, I don't know if you guys are into taking personality tests or spiritual gifting tests and all those things. Anybody ever take those? Right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a type D, right? I like to big picture things and be like, hey, let's go in that direction. My wife... Uh, she's not, she's a C, a CS more or less. So she likes to make a list, right? And we're going to check things off that list. And if it's not on the list, we'll put it on the list and we'll check that off too. And so sometimes we, we, we bump heads, right? Because we don't give each other permission, right? To have freedom to change things. I'm like, Becca, quit worrying about that list. And she's like, well, quit not worrying about the list, right? Right? So we, we all like to keep control, but we have to give God permission to change us. Every aspect of who we are. All right? we have to we have to give God to change us mentally and physically, emotionally, spiritually. Are you guys with me? We we can't hold anything back. Because when we hold back, we're saying, God, we re- I really don't trust you enough to let you do that. Are you guys with me? Alright? That makes sense? Alright? And so we have to give God permission. We see it in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, so this again, another letter to the church. He says, church, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Right? And if, have you ever noticed, um, people try and hide their sins. They try and hide the things they're working on, but it's really obvious, right? Uh, you, can, you can, like, that's sin. Right? They, they really need to work on that, right? And so he's like, it's obvious, right? Like, all you, got, you know, if there's gossipers, he's like, yeah, she's a gossip. He's a gossip. Like, yeah, I really got to stop that, right? Okay. Anyway, sidetrack. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Debauchery there is stuff that just makes you feel good. Anything that makes the flesh feel good. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, and factions. And envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, those are, those are little things that nobody really likes to talk about. That's why we have life groups on Wednesdays, midweek services, men's groups, women's groups, teens, young adults, right? Because in those life group settings, in those small group settings, we can talk about this stuff. We can talk about, hey, man, I'm having trouble with this. I'm having trouble with that. I'm having difficulty. Can you help me with this? Because normally we try and hide all these deficiencies, all this sin in our life, right? I've been there. I'm well, okay? I've tried to hide things, right? And I I didn't give permission to God to totally change me. And it just seemed like the harder that I worked, right, it just got worse. And it got worse, right? So when we give God permission... God totally changes. Later on, if we keep going there in Galatians, we get the fruit of the Spirit. Like When we totally give God all the permission, all the control of our lives, it talks about, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's forbearance, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, Right? gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And I love this part. No, you can go back. Go back one slide. Right? And to think about it, think about it this way. Fruit does, doesn't just pop up overnight, right? The same thing with all the sinfulness that, that Paul just mentioned. It's not all going to go away overnight. There is a process. We have to give God permission to work that process out in us, right? And so as the fruit's working, right, I'm going to give you guys good examples, okay? Good examples. People don't like sin, Right? So the, the fruit of the Spirit, it's not just like it, this love happens all of a sudden. You know, God's working in us. He's changing us. We're giving Him permission to work in us. And it's like a little bit of love popped out, right? right? Or a little bit of self-control. Like you're in, it's in, the fruit of the Spirit pops up in amazing ways. We, we, we love our government offices here in Italy, right? Go to the Questura. Yes! I love spending the day in immigration, Right? Right? And you're there and you're not you're not thinking about it. You're just like, Jesus, help me to have a good attitude today. I really want to get this promesso di soggiorno. I want to get this carta di soggiorno. And it's like a little bit of fruit of, of patience pops out. Right? You guys with me? Right? Or you're in you're in Italian, lovely Italian traffic, right? And everybody's blowing their horns and everybody's cutting you off. And it's like, God help me, right? And he just gives you joy and he gives you love for that guy that just cut you off. All right? And you and you get to experience forgiveness as you forgive them. Are you guys with me? All right? Because when we give God permission, it's a process. All right? We have to give him total permission to work in us and work through us. We see it in Psalms 37. Because it says against such there is no law. All right? It's not like we're we're going around here at ICF and saying, You have to be happy. All right? You have to have peace. No, it just It happens when we give our our life to God. And what happens as all this fruit's coming out, it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. That is, we're allowing God to change us. We give him total permission to change us. He's gonna make our righteousness known. People's gonna be like, man, you're... Different. Why are you different? You're going to be at work, and your boss is like, you're my best employee. Why are you such a good employee? You're going to be at school. And your teachers are like, man, you're my best student here. What's going on? And then you get to tell them, this is God working in me. I gave my life to Jesus, and he's working all this out through me. We see it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is, it is God who works in you to, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God working in us to fulfill all the purposes that he has. So if we believe God's a good God, we know he's going to bring out a good result. So we just have to give God full permission to do that in our everyday life, right? Number three, final one here. Number three, allow the change to begin today. If it's new beginnings, why wait till next week? Why wait till next year? Allow the change to begin today, right? I mean, surely no one's there thinking, you know, I'll just hold on to the sin of gossip today. I'll just, I'll just keep this a little bit longer. I'll just hold on to the sin of adultery. I'll just keep this just a little bit longer, right? No, give it to God today. Don't wait until next week, next time. Next time I'm in church somewhere, when I'm back home where, the, where I can get plugged in quickly. No, start today. Allow change to begin today. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all, with unveiled faces, and most of the time we actually skip over that. We don't, we don't focus on it. When Jesus died on the cross, he tore the veil. He tore the separation between God and man. So us as men and women with unveiled faces that we can contemplate the Lord's glory are ever being transformed in his image with ever increasing glory. Now this is, this is deep and it's powerful. And we miss this so many times in our Christian walk. We get to contemplate the Lord's glory when we get to study God's word. So many times we think, oh, we're just going to read a verse in the Bible we're going to go on. That's why it's awesome that, you know, we, we involve the kids in the study of Scripture here at ICF. Because when we get to contemplate the Lord's glory, it's like looking in a mirror, right? And when we look in a mirror, there's no filters, it's not like Twitter. It's not like Instagram, where you get all these filters and stuff. Look in a mirror. It's real and it's raw, right? It's not Twitter. It's it's what what's it? Snapchat it has all the it has all the filters on there, right? There you go, Snapchat, right? But it's a mirror. We just get to see ourselves, and so when we're when we're in God's Word, not only are we getting to see who we really are, we're getting to see who God is. And when we see who God is, it gives us a, a, a clear perspective on who we are and on who we will be if we let him work in us. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying here. And We, all of us, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image. It's not a better version of ourselves. We're being transformed into the image of God, the image he always intended us to be. To be the people he always planned for us to be with ever-increasing glory. Not just leaving us for a one-time experience, but the more we look into God's face, the more we look into the mirror of of, of God's word, we're constantly changing and changing and God's working in us, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so today, we want to invite you to look into the mirror. Look in God's word. Have you been reconciled to God? Maybe your first step of all this is to allow God to change you. Take the initial first step and make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Jesus died for everyone on the cross. We have to accept that. The second portion of that is we have to make him Lord. That's giving him permission to change us. Because if we say, Jesus, your Lord... We'll do what he says. If he says, take this out, we take it out. If he says, put this in, we put that into our lives, right? So we want to invite you to make that change today. So whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, or maybe this is your first time ever in a church, maybe you, come, maybe you came in today as an atheist, or you came in as a Hindu or a Buddhist or agnostic, or maybe you came in as a Catholic or an Anglican, right? Presbyterian, whatever form of evangelicalism you want to do, Right? Today, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. Today, you can let change begin. And it all begins by giving your life to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've already given your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to give him full permission. Say, you know, God, I've been holding things back in my life. I've been holding back thoughts and desires and wishes and plans for my life. God, I want to give all that to you today. And I want to give you permission to change Anything you want to change about it. And I want to do whatever you want me to do. Maybe today you need to get past your past. Maybe you need to get past hurts that that people have done to you. Maybe you need to get past your own sin in life. Maybe you need to get past your own bad decisions you made. And start fresh today. Let God forgive all that. Let God work on all that. And you move forward from here on out. So here in just a moment we're going to pray. And as we pray, let God speak to you. God will do so much better in the midst of prayer than what I've done for the past 30 minutes sharing his word. So as we pray, ask God what he wants to do in you. Right? Is it to give your life to him? Is it to give him full control of your life? Or is it to move forward? So let's, let's all bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes and we're going to pray.
0: Today you've heard a word from the Lord. And I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me. I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. And God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you and join us next week.